Hi there, hero fans. Welcome to Shield Maidens, a podcast where we explore the people, plots, and problems of our favorite superhero stories. I'm Amy Snow, and I'm joined by Laura Crow and Kylie Robinson to talk about the villains of the MCU. You'll hear Laura's theory on what's bugging Loki of Asgard. That's basically the root of all of Loki's problems. Kylie wonders about the deeper aspects of Thanos' character. What does Thanos do in his spare time? He sits on a rock. Does he enjoy the theatre? And we have some trouble with remembering Dormammu's name. Whatever he's You've called. got the human Dor- villains. Dor- You've got the Dor- Dordogne. Voldemort. You can follow us at Shield Maidens on Twitter or Shield Maidens Podcast on Tumblr. But for now, just turn up the volume, settle in, and join us for lipstick and libations. I'm a regular guy. Hello. Welcome to episode two of what has now been called The Shield Maidens, our podcast <laughs> all about all things Marvel related. Marvellous. Yeah, all that things. That joke has never been made All things marvellous. Um, I'm Laura and joining me is... Hello, I'm Amy. And Kylie. And today we will be talking about villains. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. That was good. Thanks. Can I just say, you notice how, for example, in Britain, if you have a villain, people will boo. Boo. Don't do that in America. What do you mean? Like... You know, like if you were at a thing and the villain was there, you'd be like, boo. What do you mean? Like in real life? You know, like, I don't know, a play, pantomime, something. Okay, they don't do pantomime in America, though. No, I know, but nobody boos. Like, for example, when I was at Disney, mm-hmm. loads of villains for the Halloween thing, and everybody claps them when they come out. But if you were in Britain, you'd be like, Ooh. Yeah, but that's because we have a culture. Well, not that I am British, but that we have a culture here of pantomime. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> I am not a in, Brit. In case the accent was ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, like there's you know the strong theatre tradition of pantomime, which goes back hundreds of years here, does not exist in in America. No, I, but still, I just find it weird to applaud when the villain comes out. But good point regarding this episode. Uh huh. Are villains not some of the best characters? They are. They sure maybe. are. Maybe they are. I guess. I was going to say, perhaps we should begin by saying our favourite villain in the MCU, but as a disclaimer, nobody is allowed to say Loki. <laughs> oh, okay, so apart from Loki, apart which from, is I think, Loki. I think we have to take it as red that he's Loki's... like ubiquitously everyone's... Out. He's, he's just... He's just Malekith. <laughs> I mean, Malekith obviously Malekith the Accursed is everyone's you know, top villain. <laughs> I mean, just top character, really. I mean, no one is Googling who Malachi Curse <laughs> is right now, listening. So, uh, I guess, Amy, if you want to kick us off. Oh, God, why? If we if we sweep Loki over into a very stylish... Corner. Theatrical yeah. corner. <laughs> um. Okay, well... Okay, well, let's actually name out a few, and we can maybe decide from there. Okay, so it was Obadiah staying in in Iron, Iron Man. Man 1. Do you feel like the problem with the Iron Man ones though is that they're basically the same and they kind of blend in then, the there, then it was Whiplash? Whiplash. It wasn't Whiplash. Re, it was Whiplash via um, um, that guy. That guy. Uh, Hammer. Hammer. Justin Hammer. Hammer. He was annoying. Mm. I found I found the villain the villainry irritating in that movie I was much more interested in the in the character development of the movie yeah Iron Man 3 was um that creeper oh um oh um he wasn't Val Kilmer but he was (laughs) (laughs) not Val Kilmer but he had a name that other guy that he reminded me of oh this is professional should Killian Killian Killian. yes Amy I was gonna google it but you are google there you go. Aldrich Killian, the nerd, so, turned hottie. So I think we're all, we're, we're all kind of saying unanimously none of the Iron Man villains have made much of a... I think that's the thing, though. I mean, okay, impact. sorry now to go back to the, the Tony love, but, like, that's the thing about the Iron Man movies is it's it's really about to- more about Tony's arc, character arc. Not his arc reactor, but his character arc. <laughs> oh, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. And almost the... Would you agree that almost the villain in Iron Man 3 was the PTSD? I think that... 
I think that it was, I think it was brushed over in a way that was actually quite disrespectful to people with mental health, health issues. I feel like it was there and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, I just have to put that aside now so I can deal with what's going on in front of me. I mean, there was never a point where he had to overcome that villain. It's true. But do you think he's maybe still, I guess it carries over into Civil War. It definitely does. But I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean... I think that it's a really interesting point to to point out that that could be considered a villain in Tony's life. Like, I mean, Tony's general inability to cope with anything that's going on. Do you think the problem with a lot of Iron Man, not necessarily Iron Man films on its own, but just things with Tony in, is that sometimes it would be more interesting if they did focus on Tony and his actual struggles, but he always has a villain to fight and that kind of gets in the way of I suppose it's like real life, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that thing of that in our culture, in our society, men are expected to take everything upon themselves and not share their worries, which is why men have such a high suicide rate, particularly around young, among young men. So if we, and in the MCU, we don't actually have an example of a man. Do we? A man who shares his, his troubles to the extent where He's he's had catharsis and I mean Well again I suppose you've got Sam Wilson who mm-hmm. we don't see but obviously he talks about the fact that he left the military and is now a therapist for people with PTSD, which I feel like should be explored more, especially seeing as he hangs around with Tony a lot in um And Steve. And Steve, but especially with Tony who it's blatantly obvious needs a significant amount of but help. How often has Sam interacted with Tony, but getting off off topic a little. Yes, the villain in Thor was obviously Loki. Yeah, but also the Frost Giants, Laufey. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Um. Then the villain in Thor two was obviously that Malekith. Malekith the <laughs> No, he was dire. No, I didn't enjoy him. <laughs> no disrespect to Chris. Christopher Eccleston Chris, is a hero. Christopher Eccleston said, "I'm doing it to pay my mortgage." <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. Um, I would. Then in uh, what else have we got? Captain America. Obviously, we had Red Skull. Red Skull. I love the Red Skull. I'm gonna put. I mean, we hand him up for the Red Skull here. We've got big Nazi Nazis. I mean, Nazis for a start. I mean, well, I mean, Hitler's always the villain, isn't he? I mean, you can't a metaphorical a metaphorical. But he was basically Hitler with a red face. Littler. Little. He was smaller. Fittler. Fittler. But you know, also. I but I guess it's just so hammy that it makes it quite good because Steve is so not hammy. So it was quite interesting to have this crazy lunatic of a villain. And I guess that's kind of a huge thing, especially culturally, that the Captain America comics were written in the 1940s. They were Obviously, Hydra was a huge metaphor for the Nazis. Mm. Mm. And I suppose Hydra itself is the villain and Hydra has to be one of the best... I mean, Hydra is a as a concept. Hydra as a concept, I guess, carries through the most stuff, like it's S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter. Mm. I think as well, like, what's great about that, and the reason why it works so well, is that we, where we are now, find, I mean, I find it so hard, like, hard to accept that World War Two happened, that, like, Hitler happened and that it all happened. It's hard to accept that that could have been going on uh, and that it would have been allowed to go on. But if the parallel of Hydra, you know, to, to, to set it at that time alongside Nazism, it's just like, yes, this really happened. Like these kinds of things really happened and people stood by and watched it and participated mm. in it. It really did happen. Whereas sometimes it's quite outlandish. And yeah, you, you think, can't well, really believe. Yeah. And you think, why would, why would anyone be a henchman? You just get killed yeah, instantly. Exactly. Whereas when it's Hydra, you know what it's about. You know what it means. Yeah, they don't have to explain it because they've got Nazis. Like, you just accept. So you think Hydra is an effective metaphor? Only because of its context. I think Hydra is good, though, because it spans a lot of things. For example, you've got the first Avenger, where Hydra is basically a Nazi organisation. And it is that kind of trope of, there's crazy Nazis. They're just, you know, (laughs) crazy evil. And it's kind of, it's sort of an easy thing to do. But then when it spans to, say, Winter Soldier, and Hydra is completely different, but again, it's so relevant for the time it's set in, because yeah, then it's, it's about subversive surveillance. It's surveillance and 
kind of mistrust and gained a big brother. Yes, exactly. But I think that's interesting because it's basically the same. It's the same villain for those two things, but they're completely opposite, different. But then you can see, and I suppose now one's grown into the other, which I find interesting. The Hydra of Winter Soldier, I suppose, is tapping into modern, not even necessarily fears, but modern. Maybe what you're aware of being the like evil we are of today. Concepts of eliminating yes. threats and situations before they happen. Yeah. And how dangerous that is. We're all, like, I mean, especially I suppose in America, like, everyone is, and maybe here too, in the UK, which is where we are currently situated, but not where I'm from. Um, But, like, you know, there is, I mean, and, and on the continent in Europe as well, there's, 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 there's a, there is a, a threat of terrorism I mean, it's been around for years. It's been around since, you know, for decades. Yeah. But it's there's a particular type of terrorism that's threatening us now, which where we've we've basically we've allowed everything about ourselves to be put online, and theoretically, this algorithm. You know, I mean, anyone could put anything about us into an al- algorithm. You know, I mean, we we have surrendered ourselves. Winter Soldier was Hydra for a, a modern age, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really I feel is. like that's why it's such a successful thing because you can really understand it and it's sort of the the fear is the most important aspect of it. I have to say think... though, like though, that like in the Winter Soldier, I never pay attention to that part of the film. To Zola. Um, oh no, I pay attention to that because it's kind of... It's, Let's play a game. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, it makes a cultural reference. But like, the bit at the end where it's like, oh, we're putting in an algorithm, we're figuring out who the baddies are going to be and we're going to shoot them down or who the potential threats are going to be. I don't I don't focus on that. I focus on the characters. Or yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, And it's purely me. Like, I know that other people don't do this. But. So I suppose that's also looking at villains as individuals versus villainous institutions and which work more effectively yeah Yeah. because maybe part of the reason that it's not it doesn't stand out is because it is an organization i mean robert redford yeah alexander (laughs) pierce alexander pierce he's not he's just a figurehead for for his organization hydra is the villain Mm. in Winter Soldier, absolutely. As opposed to Alexander. Yeah, but what Pierce. I found interesting about, it, or, and especially, uh, it came to a head in the Winter Soldier, is that they'd been building these villains through the Marvel universe for quite a few years, and you didn't really notice. So it was kind of echoed in that, like Jasper Sitwell, yeah. who had appeared before, yeah. and was suddenly a as Hydra. almost a, a comical little yes, man. Exactly, in he was like the the opposite of Coulson, Coulson really, sort of playing similar sort of role and then suddenly it's like oh he's actually he's part of this he's the, it's the bigger picture he was sinister in that he was sinister yeah. in the winter soldier in a way that he definitely wasn't like we were laughing at him because he yeah. was your everyday bigger on the street wasn't mm. he just yeah well. he was yeah. like that he was the person that you could really meet as opposed to like yeah. you know like zola or rom romlo romlo like who were more yeah, cross yeah, crossbones. Yeah, like or who, who what's his name? The frog, the leaper, leaper, French. French. Oh, yeah, yeah, at the beginning on the boat. Yeah, Winter Soldier in the Starfleet. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I, I again, I like, but like I they're all, they're all very much characters. Heightened. Yeah, heightened dramatic characters. Whereas Jasper Sitwell is kind of a person, a horrible person you could meet. You like, know. it didn't have to be S.H.I.E.L.D. he was working for. He could have been working for, like, the bank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean... And then going and voting for Donald Trump. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I guess we're, we're already getting bogged down by Hydra, but who? what other villains are there? Obviously, in, in Guardians, you you get your first glimpse of Thanos. Yeah. And you've also got Ronan. Yeah. Oh, Ronan. And Nebula. Nebula. I can't get my head around that film. <laughs> I've seen it so many times and every time I'm just like, it's like we've got Amy Pond we've got Thranduil yeah. what is going on well, pretty I much think, I'm just like it's Amy it's I think Thanos has to have a special mention who does? Thanos as we were saying yeah. in the previous podcast what is he doing and when is he going to do it? Okay. He started off I think as a kind of ooh Thanos big villain so here. What, are we saying Thanos is the big bad? 
I think he's intended to be throughout the whole thing. I think but so But it's too. hard to take him seriously when it's been several years since we first saw him in a teaser <laughs> and he has not done anything uh, yet. Yeah. Um, when has Thanos appeared? He was at the end of Avengers, very, very briefly. Was that the first time... That was the first him. time he appeared and that was 2000 and... Something. Some years yeah. ago. Avengers 12, 2012? I want to say 12, yes. Let's say yes. Yes. Um... But like I don't think Thanos I don't think Thanos is yet a villain. Like I from you know he sent out Gamora and Nebula and but apart from that, like what's he actually done except sit on his Gave his staff to Loki? Well he gave that to the Chitari. The Chitari needed to Yeah. And he's he's gone and broken into a vault in Asgard is that yeah. where it was the yeah. gauntlet he and has the gauntlet he's wearing he, he's that he's gonna sort, something. But sort I feel shit like, out himself I think everything eventually. is I think everything all of that stuff is background like he hasn't actually done too much villainy yet but eventually when we look back at the whole big picture in he's several not, years time he's not yet an antagonist no you know like he's he's, he's a brooding presence he's a brooding, brooding yeah presence. he's, he's so on where the does he fit with example the space villain from Stephen Strange, who we did look up his name. Do- his name? Dormammu. Do- Dormammu. Is that it? Good Dormammu. job. Dormammu. Well, <laughs> I think well, it Because <laughs> um, that's a whole know. different level of villainy, I feel. I de- I definitely think like the, the space presences are, they, they're, they're different. They're not, like, they're not the antagonists yet, but they are the threatening, looming, I mean, they're almost like the um, embodiment of evil through fear, that, that yeah. other fear evil the things that, that other people are channeling on earth is that as interesting though as say someone like Zemo in Civil War but I think we're we're always going to find Zemo incredibly compelling because we could put ourselves in that position we could put ourselves in the position where we've been so hurt by a group of people that we just want we just want them to be destroyed would you say other than Loki the most relatable villain Zemo um. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of the other ones. I mean, I'm thinking of Ant Man. Who was the villain in Ant Man? Oh, oh, yellow jacket. The bald guy. Bald and British. <laughs> was he British? Was he... No, he wasn't. Not in the well, film. He was. They wasn't. usually are. <laughs> <laughs> I think with Ant Man, I literally with the film. But I feel right like the now. villain was just so bland. I liked it for what it was. I, I, enjoyed, oh, I enjoyed the, the jolly film. romp yeah. of it. But I feel like the villain was not really an important part of it. Darren Cross. Like, oh, Darren Cross. Darren Cross. It, we should remember that because it's like Darren Chris. <laughs> Chris Cross. <laughs> Crossbones. 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 <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No no big feelings for Yellow Jacket? Um, no, I mean, he did his job and then he's now he's gone. And that's fine. I enjoyed Crossbones, though. Frank Grillo. I did too, but only because I, I enjoy Frank Grillo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I mean, your and buddy, piece, your pal, your he's, buddy. He's a, piece, he's a piece of work, is Crossbones. He's he a is. nasty piece of work. I have to say, I think he could have been utilized, utilized more. I he think it was a shame me. that he got blown up within five minutes because I thought in Winter Soldier he was an excellent antagonist because he was like a real. Though the opposite of Steve in a way, he was a friend of Steve's who had betrayed him, and they could really. To someone that was working in S.H.I.E.L.D., he fell for them kissing on the elevator pretty easily. It is true, but then we all know Natasha. (laughs) Natasha's got the... She knows what she's at. Bless her. What about Ultron? Ultron! How did we forget Ultron? (laughs) That obviously goes to show. It's not like he had a film named after him. What an impact he made. An age named after him. Yeah, no, what what do we think of Ultron? I think Ultron was just a catalyst to further everyone's trouble. Like, as in their personal trouble. It it wasn't even about um, who he was. Really. Who he was, really or important. I mean, I guess that's also expanding on the fear of AI and something that's maybe yeah. relevant in things mm. like humans, which has just started again. The idea but he was of... a little bit more of a hello, I'm the villain. Yeah, oh, well, he was a pantomime villain. Wasn't totally. He? Yeah. I mean, again, that was an example of one where the trailer was amazing. Yeah, that oh, I've got no yeah. strings. Oh, yeah, and then the so the film was a letdown. I felt. From the trailer. I mean, Ultron was a little bit of a, a hot mess. It, mm. it it was it was serving its purpose, and its purpose was to present the new characters. And I remember the first time I watched it, I thought it was brilliant. But I don't feel it stands up to rewatching and so I, much. I guess when when we watch Ultron 
now it seems a bit odd because she's a part of the team, but I guess Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were in a way antagonists for a large part of that film. It's true. Yeah. So I guess there's characters that like aren't necessarily villains. They weren't. But have were they antagonists? Well, they did. They were fighting the Avengers. Yeah, they were. The last minute, yeah, they were. Yeah, that there's like those characters. Like, would we say? I mean, Bucky is basically the antagonist in Winter Soldier. But you wouldn't. Would you count Bucky as a villain? No, he's an anti-hero. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think either of us would class him as a villain. He's a wooby. (laughs) Wooby. It's a word you've recently learned, Amy. Yes, my new word is wooby. From the internet days. A wooby is no. I'm looking at you quite blankly. (laughs) Kylie was like, "Well, he's just a wooby, isn't he?" And I went, "What's a wooby? A wooby is a person." Who, character who who basically everything bad happens and our main job is to feel sorry for them serious black yeah it, yeah it would be somebody who's terrible things happen to them through no fault of their own and the character is there to be wounded but you want to love them yeah. i was thinking about it because of teen wolf if you'd like to wrap them in a blanket and, give them, <laughs> and take give them, them a home, cup of tea yeah that that would be a wooby that's I a think. wooby yeah but i mean there's no getting away from the fact that bucky's done some terrible things Mm. exactly and that's okay so i mean in the end i mean we're we're with bucky aren't we we're we're on the same page i guess he's been controlled he's been used he's been used and the fact that it's not a case of oh i don't remember it so it doesn't really matter it's a case of i was present in my own mind and i couldn't control my actions but i was there and i witnessed it the imperious curse the imperious Mm. curse yeah the guilt of that i found that was one of the most interesting parts of civil war obviously was the fact that Bucky had murdered Howard Stark, for example, who is a character we have come to love. Mm. I'm such from, an idiot. I just from from Dominic First Cooper. Avenger, mm. Agent Carter. Yeah. And then you realise these two characters who you love, one of them has murdered the other. He remembers that. He's fully aware of what he did. Obviously, the way he affects Tony is very important to the film. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that is a... That kind of encapsulates what you were saying. About the fact that he has done these terrible things and he remembers them all. But and then, is he but the then, villain? Is but he... then when he when he becomes Bucky again, he doesn't go, Oh my god <laughs> I need to go find I mean I mean he he's he's obviously been able to thread together enough about himself and his past to know who Steve is. He knows who Steve is, we know this. He's been to the Smithsonian. He's been he to has. the Smithsonian. He saw that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has a little picture of Steve tucked away <laughs> under the Kit Kat. <laughs> in his special notebooks. But um, yeah, the diaries in the backpack. But I mean, he he obviously knew enough about Steve to know that he could go to Steve and trust him. But but to- Bucky didn't. Re- well, I hate to use the phrase, but he didn't reach out. He didn't actually approach. Steve to look for help for himself. But is it his own guilt in what he's done that he doesn't? But that's exactly what I'm saying about the the pressure on men to to deal with everything themselves. I mean, could but that you have... have to look at the fact that Bucky and Steve were raised in an era that's. I mean, people were shot for being cowards or for mm, breaking yeah. down. Like mm. mental illness wasn't recognised. It wasn't a thing. I that's, mean, it, just it was seen as with it and move on. It was weakness. People didn't talk. I'm sure we've all got grandparents who have been through the war. Just don't talk about it. People just didn't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, that's it was very true. They saw that's these very things true. and they just got on with so, it. I guess because everybody had seen things. And I suppose if everybody has seen things, it's not like you go, well, I've been through this, I need support. It's just a... Do you think we're going the other way? <laughs> we're going to the point where we're all like, oh my God, I'm so messed up. <laughs> I can't cope with life. So have we actually covered all the films? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. Um, I've forgotten what we've done. We did the all the Iron Man's. <laughs> oh God, General Ross. Would you say he's the villain or abomination? Oh God, he's disgusting. I, would say he's I hate him so much. <laughs> um, I think he's coming down the line. I mean, yes, he's from the Hulk, but like, I, I'm not counting that right now. I'm, I'm not counting. Even though they popped him back in and he slid, slid him back in there, <laughs> just like shimmy, shimmy with him back mustache. in, him. <laughs> With, without his daughter, but... Oh, yeah, without Liv Tyler. <laughs> I mean, um, we can all do with that, live. though. Okay, what, what films haven't we covered here? Done, we've obviously uh, done both the Thors. Ant-Man. Done the three Captain Americas. Black Widow movie. No, wait. Oh, oh, stop. 
damn. <laughs> uh, the two Avengers. Okay, well, in which case, it's going to be <laughs> Stephen Zemo. Zemo for me is a top villain. So, going back to my original question, okay. who's your favourite villain in the MCU aside from, well, in the film MCU aside from Loki? You're saying? It's going to be Zemo. Yeah. I would say yes as well, although I do enjoy the Red Skull, but I think that's more for the hamminess. But it would be interesting to see if that would work in later films. Because mm. if you put the Red Skull into the Winter Soldier, would that just be a ridiculous thing? But I think that um, uh, Mordo can bring the ham back. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way, yeah. I think there's a level of hamistry that's, you know... I, I mean, love a good ham. Loki has got a level. He's, oh, he has. But, and, it, and it's all about the delivery. Like it's full, the, full tilt diva. You have to be a superb actor that to be that, able to pull that off and for people not to laugh at you outright. He's a Shakespearean exactly. actor. Um, but actually, to go back to what you were saying earlier, I do think that, the, that a huge presence, a villainous presence throughout the films is the... Um, the, the first one for one thing, the mental health problem that that runs through it for for pretty much everyone. Mm. But second of all, the inability to communicate with each other. Which, <laughs> <laughs> so, let's be fair, is a driving force in almost every plot ever written. Yeah, lack, lack of communication is the villain in the end. I mean, I mean, if we all sat down and had this out over a cup of tea and a biscuit, like, no if, if Sam would, would get his therapy sessions running for them all, think what could be achieved. But I, I mean, okay, so. Jokes aside, I think that the mental health issue is, um, I think it's important. And I think that like the Marvel, Marvel Studios and, you know, they have an opportunity to shape the, the men of the future because young boys will look up to these characters and they, they're being presented at the moment with people who are trying to take everything on themselves. Do you think it's their inner demons that are the main... I think it should be the main focus. No, I don't. I think it's the fact that they don't, um, they don't seek help for themselves. I think it's the fact that they think, oh, this terrible thing has happened, and I must solve it on my own. Yes, which they all do. Yeah, yeah. obviously they're action films. I guess predominantly they're superhero films, mm. but they're also ensemble films. So I guess that's something that that could really be utilized. I mean, and it's going to have to be utilized. I guess we saw that in civil war to an extent with the splitting off into teams kind yeah. of the i mean that's that's really what avengers was about was about the coming together and the not being individual heroes in a film taking the weight of the world on their shoulders it was about sharing a burden mm. although in the end tony still is taking the weight of that and they all are in different ways i mean wanda's thinking it's everything's her fault because she's messing with people's minds Steve thinks it's his fault because he's the leader of the team. Tony thinks it's his fault because he had a hand in creating Ultron. Whereas nobody sat down and said, oh, actually, this is how I'm feeling. And then they can all apportion the blame out in a circle, you know? Also, I think it would be useful to them to remember that they've all done some very good things. For example, saving the planet from aliens. And it is quite frustrating when you watch the films. And they're like, well, look what you did in Washington. You look nearly what you did in New York. New York. And you think, why is Tony not saying I stopped the the council from blowing up New York? <laughs> Actually, it never comes up. And never they all kind up. of sit there and take that. But is that their own guilt making them believe that they did a bad thing by Definitely. saving New York from aliens? Because it would be really satisfying if somebody would just stand up for themselves. Yeah, but it's like they can't. And it's it's such an indica- indicator of how how uh, Tony's character has been broken down from the point of where he would have defended literally anything he's ever done, mm. no matter how wrong it was, to the point where he's done his absolute best to do the right thing, and he feels on such on solid ground that he can't stand up for what he's done. Yeah, because he feels like now sort of his actions are inherently bad almost um i suppose to bring it back round to the topic <laughs> i do think that villain i do think that is i do think that is a legitimate villain within the yeah do you think someone like wanda say has potential to become a villain are we seeing that and especially with tony trapping her in the house in civil war 
I I would contend that I would think that she could have left whenever she wanted, as evidenced by the fact that she left when she wanted. But people telling her that she needs to be confined, people telling her essentially that she's dangerous. Do you think? Do you think if this was an origin story that yeah, we were I witnessing? Feel like... Do you think she has? I mean, I know that in the comics she does mm. become not necessarily a villain but an antagonist mm. within the X Men universe, yeah. especially. I mean. I, kind of a I mean, it could, it could go that way. Definitely, she's she's a she's lost, isn't she? She's detached from where she's come from. She's lost her twin. She's lost her family. Mm. Um, she's more powerful than the rest of them, and that isolates her. Do you think she's dealt with the resentment towards Tony for the whole bomb? It's impossible situation? to tell because well, no I would one has like to have seen more of that. Yeah. Honestly, I think that was a big thread that was never really. She seems. On. She seems pretty content to. Live in his house, and but he's not living there. No, but it is his funded. I like, think we're mm. supposed to assume that she's got over it for a better want of a term with the films. But I think it would have been interesting to see her deal with that more because obviously she submitted herself for superhero experimentation and evil mm. layer to fight back at Tony Stark when she was a young girl. I mean, I don't know how old she is supposed to be again. I think she's in these to be films. a late teen. Or 20, maybe? Because they, there was a point where Hawkeye said, oh, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, do not, do sulk or whatever, you can go to high school. Mm. Mm. And that made me think, oh, she's meant to be in her late teens. But it's interesting because you've got this group of adults of massively different experience and age and they're all thrown together and they've all got similar issues but how would you deal with that if you were say you know a 90 year old who'd been frozen in ice but was really 25 or something plus you've got the teenager you've got tony who's an older guy you've got i mean thor even though he wasn't around for the last one you've got all these people of different ages different life experiences and they're all kind of suffering through the same thing and the same guilt on I something. I mean, you've got Hawkeye, who's got a family and has got children. Yeah. And then, but if we look at Hawkeye in the Avengers, he was essentially a villain for a while, a bit like Bucky, yeah. but he murdered people. Mm. And I feel like, I we guess... We forget that about yeah. Hawkeye, I yeah. think. Because you and don't really think of him as a threat, because he's a nice guy and he's kind of funny. And like, the other guy, the friend, the scientist, what's his name again? Uh, Eric Selvig. Yeah, Selvig. Hey. I mean, it was the same for him. I but mean, he, he, was... he in, when we saw him again, he'd had a full on breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah. Which I think was <laughs> a reasonable reaction to what happened to him. Which they yeah. did play for comic effect, but yeah. still, ultimately, he was like an intelligent, capable person that had a breakdown. Down, yeah. Mm. Because of the trauma. Because he'd facilitated killing people. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you're right, actually, uh, such a mockery was made of that. I feel like there are so many things that they kind of touch upon, but they don't obviously have time to explore and it's because great. they are some action films. It's great for teasing our minds because, yeah. I mean, these are things that bother us so much, but, like, I mean, that's where, that's part of the joy is how much it, it, it niggles. There's always something you can think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, I could totally see um, a parallel series of, of art house almost films exploring the like the the Avengers of the therapy sessions absolutely <laughs> I mean it, I think it could really work I mean talking about villains I think we do need to talk about why Loki works so well yes because oh, we absolutely. understand his he's been brought up to be told to he's been brought up to believe that he's going to be a king and then he's told but has he though because Thor has he always been the oldest brother all his life so why does Loki feel like he's entitled to the throne. Because there was explicitly a moment where where Odin says, you know, both of you were born to be king. Yeah, how does the succession even work in well, Asgard? Exactly. Is it based on who's older? Or but it does seem to be that they are saying, hello Thor, you will be the king of Asgard. Have your cloak, have your hat. But on a separate level, I guess he literally was born to be a king because he was the only child of the king of the yeah. giants. That is true. And obviously... But I think it's interesting with the way Loki reacts in Thor. It's just like, I should be king. It's not like, I want to be. I suppose... It's it's a bit like Scar, isn't it, from The Lion King? Yeah, but I suppose if you look at Thor's behaviour at the start of Thor... Yes, he was a complete jerk. He's a prick. Yeah. And I guess Loki is an intelligent 
well, he is obviously super intelligent. Mm. And he, I guess he will have picked up on the fact that he's probably not loved as much as Thor <laughs> and overlooked. And I guess you can see him thinking, I am so much more capable. You get the impression that he's the mother's son. Like, well, yeah. you know, that he's the mother's favourite, that she's yeah. about him a little bit more. Well, yeah, because she's taught him the, 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 the magic. magic. But I think that's always going to be an interesting story, which is why it crops up again and again and again, is Brothers because it's the sibling relationship that and so many people father, have experienced. Father-son resentment. Father-son yeah. resentment. It's such a common thread, and it's really easy for people to relate to, which is why it works well as a villain. And I guess as well, like, anyone who has siblings knows that when you're angry, you say things that you really, really regret, but there's almost always an element of truth to them. Yeah. And that's why when he has, when they have their shouting matches at each other, it's so raw because, you know, like I, like even in um, Avengers, like when Thor comes down to Earth to get Loki, he's like, you know, you come home, you know, just come home and we'll fix it. And, and Thor, I mean, sorry, Loki is so spiteful and so resentful and, you can feel the hurt behind it because we've all had a, a, a modicum of that in our own lives if we've ever had siblings. Because there's always that moment. It's, it's a, it can be from childhood where, oh, he's got something I want. Mm. Um, and why is he being favoured over me? And the, that kind of, the, the hurt that that sparks in Wanting a Wanting to be recognised. Yeah. That's like, I guess that's basically the root of all of Loki's problems is the yeah. wanting to be recognised, wanting to be valued. And, and I, I suppose guess he's that always... comes from being adopted. Yeah, <laughs> even though he didn't know it. Because he was always already evil before he found out that he was at a frost giant. I mean, he was but already I mean, manipulating the situation, situation. obviously. But, but then that was, was like, was that an extra thing that spurred him on? Or was he always, even if that hadn't happened and he had been Thor's actual real brother, would he have still acted in the same way? Because he never really mentioned. But would his he have been treated in the same way if he'd have been Thor's real brother? Exactly. But then he... we have no real evidence apart from Loki's feelings that he ever really was treated that differently. Yeah, but something's made him that way. Well, I agree. And I do think yeah. Odin's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it. It seems that I mean, I mean, Thor is the hero, isn't he? He's the typical hero. He's the the leader of the pack, he leads them into battles, they win, they celebrate, he has the women, he has the song, he's got the mead, and then there's, like, poor little Loki. (laughs) But what we see of it in Thor is that Loki is completely part of the gang. He's got his friends, they're all pals there, they're Mm. all working together, they all go to fight the frost giants together. That is weird, isn't it? I mean, that's, that was but very sudden. Do, I feel like if do the others actually is Loki part of that gang? Do they just, respect him? Is he just the clingy friend? <laughs> you know tag, what I mean? The tag along, the tag along brother that you just have to kind of put up with. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I'm trying I mean, to think now. I'm trying to. I mean, okay, if you look at the he's people, not drinking with them at that party afterwards. He's not there. Oh he, no, he is. He's sat on the steps, isn't he, on his own, like a loner, like a, a low, low. But guy. obviously. We're trying to sum it like he obviously has a huge front, but he obviously does care because when the mum dies, oh, yeah, in... he is distraught. Yeah, but I suppose that was never part of his plan, was it? I mean, he didn't seem mother. to care about Odin really or Thor, but I mean, his mum, he obviously has some feelings there, which you think he would have stopped for a minute and thought about her earlier. This is the vulnerability of Loki as well that we see. That's what appeal. That's what yeah. appeals about him, though. Yeah, he's a really vulnerable person. Exactly. I mean, and it, that's carried through into Thor: The Dark World when he, you know, when he he dis, dispatches or you know he what's, he gets rid of the illusion that he's just walking up and down, and you see that he's actually been living. Um, he's like had tr- like his feet are bleeding, bleeding yeah. because he's just not. He's just completely. Well, it's it's distraught. It's the distraught, front, isn't yeah. it? That yeah. he's putting on, and you think is he always is he always putting on that front? Yeah. You can never trust what you see of Loki. You just can't. That's his character yeah. all over. Is that you can never take anything at face value from Loki? He, they what it, like whatever about any other writing in in the Thor series, like the the balance of his arrogance, his want for dominance, and the balance of that with his vulnerability and his just desire to be loved and appreciated is ever present and like we got to see real sibling relationship 
when they were escaping from Asgard together. Like, we got to see a real, like... The banter. The boy banter, mm. you know? Um, and you got to see, like... But, how, mm-hmm. he does... I mean, he couldn't have known when that thing stabbed him that he was going to survive, could he? Mm. He did save Thor. Yeah, surely. I mean, sure, yeah, I he's, so. he's then turned it to his advantage, but could, he couldn't have known that he was going to survive being in a fight with that massive... I feel like with Loki, Malekith Maker. It was his minion. Oh wasn't yeah, it? the guy with the the yeah. rock and the ether. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like he, on some level, he obviously wasn't gonna let Thor die. Yeah, but then I mean, we've seen him stab Thor. I mean, I guess he knows that's not going to kill Thor. But like the amount of stuff he's done. But do you feel in a way that Loki, obviously massively powerful, especially compared to the humans on Earth, who he's trying to control and take over? But he's still very much a child. Yes, of course he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's so That's what immature. Makes it, he's a little boy. He's yeah. a vulnerable boy. And it's the boy. kind of, I've come to Earth, I'm going to rule you, here I am. Well, that's and the... you want to be enslaved. And they're like, uh, no, actually. <laughs> and he just, I mean, completely over his head. Physically, he has the power, but mentally. And I think that's, that was very true of both of them. I mean, mm. that was why Thor was sent to Earth, because he was yeah. behaving like a spoiled child. Mm. But the, the thing was that he he was given the opportunity to grow. Was Loki given the opportunity to grow? And do you think that feeds into Doctor Strange, the whole thing of death gives life meaning, and both yeah. of them are from this immortal... Exactly, realm, yeah. and that's always going to make them... I mean, to Loki, does it really matter like day to day life just little things really matter when you're going to live forever but I mean I guess you're trying to find meaning in other ways if you're going to live forever and maybe that that ruling and that dominance and that um opportunity to show that you're capable of being a good leader and and to help people whose lives are shorter than yours I mean we don't know what the motivation behind that is you know what I mean why does he want to rule so much so I guess from here that ties in quite nicely to the end of Doctor Strange and looking forward, like where do you think the villain situation is looking forward? Someone that hasn't really been mentioned is Ulysses Claw oh, yeah. in Ultron, mm, who's obviously Andy going to come back He's obviously is with he, a claw. He's going to be in Black Panther, isn't he? Oh, Which is Black Panther. Yes, Ulysses Claw. Uh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. The, uh, what, what were they? The, like, the fish things that he was oh, going on about. No, Like, can you not even tell what I'm talking about? I have literally no idea what you're talking about. It's like when, um, when Quicksilver and Scarlet I can't understand Witch, what Andy Serkis is saying in that film. Because of his South African I don't accent. know what he's saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. him! Yeah! Oh, Gollum. Was Gollum. that Andy Serkis? The... Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, he was great. Yeah. Completely different man. Jesus. Yeah. Didn't look like Gollum at I'm all. He was really, really looking, looking forward to oh, Black really... Panther. I thought he was hilarious. You didn't understand yeah. what he was saying. Yeah, yeah with the, the, the fish. cuttlefish. Yes, yeah. the cuttlefish. Yeah. Yeah. I, ta- I hate cuttlefish. I've always been <laughs> very much like Ulysses Claw. Yes, like Ulysses Claw. I am Ulysses Claw. He's, I think, going to be a villain in Black Panther. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. And he's obviously going to have a huge chip claw. on his... Sh- a, a huge claw. A huge chip on his shoulder with Tony since Ultron cut off his hand. Yeah, so is he going to blame that on Tony? How much is Tony going to be involved in it? And he hated him anyway, didn't he? Well, of course. He's an evil man. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's perfectly positioned to be um, a villain for Wakanda, isn't mm. he? Because he he's, did, a, he's, he's in Africa. Africa. He's got yeah, a and he deals in he deals in vibranium, cool. doesn't he? Yeah. So as you do, with the rarest he, he metal seemed, on earth. He seemed to have potential as a, a complex villain. Yes, a bit like I a agree. different from the. Kind I of... loved that he was like obviously a bad guy, but he was just like hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like a candy? And that's something we maybe haven't seen really for a long time in the Marvel films now. I think they were trying with Ultron, but I feel like they were slightly confused with the direction they were taking with Ultron. Was he funny? Was he, was he serious? Was he was he... dry. I don't know. But I feel like Ulysses Claw could maybe be the. I mean, Andy Serkis is a great actor anyway. Yeah. So whatever happens, it's gonna be good. Yeah. But you know, where is that gonna go? But then you've got the polar opposite sorts of villains. You've got you know 
whatever he's you've called. You've got the human Do- villains. Do- you've got the door Dordogne. Voldemort. Space cloud villain. Space in <laughs> Face in space. Dormoda. The face in space. The space face. That's so his like his his caption or his hashtag. The face in space. What is he doing up there? Just hanging around. Do you think he's Thanos' pal? Exactly. I mean, does he does he tie in with that? Are there loads of them out there? I floating around space, being potential villains. I didn't completely get the whole um the way that the the let's say the um window into his dimension was um shown. Hmm. I didn't really understand why there were these like globules of planet stuff like fused together like um like yeah, like, um, like oh, cells DNA yeah. something not not exactly bodily DNA, but fluid they looked like they did look like cells. bodily fluid <laughs> bodily something <laughs> they did look like cells dividing um and and like what why what is that. Who would want to be in charge of that? Like, what? what does he do in his spare time? What does Thanos do in his spare time? He sits on a rock. Does he enjoy the theatre? Does he... He has a lot of children, do? doesn't he? He's got like... Collects m- them. He's collecting children all the time. And, and collecting gauntlets. Lots but I think that's why I find human one, villains one slightly more interesting, maybe, as you can imagine them, like you said, Jasper hmm. Sitwell. You can imagine he's watching telly in his spare time. Well, he's, he's evil. Pretty much dead but, now, isn't he? Well, now he is. But you know. But then, what does Thanos do? Well, I what guess. What does the face in space do? Are they just there to be embodiments of evil, or do they have characters beyond that? Well, I guess they're there to turn the spotlight onto how the heroes behave as um, humans. Like, how do they cope with a crisis that big, and how do they interact with each other? Whereas with um, with Zemo, because he was so human, he was able to to isolate them each. And, yeah, and, and then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Nebula, ne- Ronan, Ronan, things He's like Ronan. Dead and now though, isn't he? He is dead now, but what was you know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that bit. Oh. But again, I think he's a different kind of villain. I wouldn't have been able to tell you if he was or not. I don't remember. He was like the space conqueror, wasn't he? But he was more human in a way because you could see that he had a goal that he was working towards. And he had like a hammer. And he had a big hammer. He had a big hammer. He was blue. I remember that he was blue and he He, came out of the ground. He was basically like Thranduil after a few drinks. And they like threw threw gold powder at him, which I thought was upsetting because Mm. I was like, just stop it. He looks fine. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't need it. So I suppose looking forward, we've got Zemo kicking around. We've we've got... I mean, he's hardly kicking around. He's in a tube. But do you feel that he's he's alive? He's not... His his arc, if you like, isn't wrapped up. But could you see Zemo and... The face in space in the same film. No, Dormor exactly. Dormammu. That's what I find interesting is the branch. Entomame. And then you've got Mordu, Chueco, Mordo, 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 Mordo. But you could almost see Mordo in Zemo. Yeah, exactly. And Claw. Yeah, like there's the. I and just we, find it interesting how there's we've sort got of massively team different face in space and mm-hmm. and and team. Cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. I mean, you've got you've got the human villains, and then you've got the kind of embodiment of evil. I am an entity sort and of I villain. And I, how I, would you fight that? I would Tony like, be able to fight a face in space? I think for me as well, like with Guardians, with the with the films that don't always work, it's it's often because it's not clear what the villain wants. Yeah, apart from like I am evil. I'm just I evil. oh, you're in my way. For this goal that I have, and it's not really super clear what that goal is, so I'm just gonna try and fight you. Mm. Like it's, it. I think it has to be. So we're saying that we prefer the human villains with. I think so. With so what we're saying is, I'm including Loki in the human villain section there. Yeah, I think it's the, the relatable, relatable villains with, with attainable goals. We want villains with smart goals, specific, <laughs> <laughs> uh, manageable. Uh, achievable, achievable, realistic, realistic, and in a time frame. <laughs> we want, we like. I think that. Zemo would be in there. 
But like, I mean, it's it's a lot to take in. And I mean, that's what's great about those films is that there's always something that you see or that you can think about anew when you when you watch the films. But for that reason, I think that's, you know, that is why they, the goals of the villains need to be clear. I mean, not that they have to be explicitly spelled out at the very beginning. It can unfold throughout or it can be... To-do list. Take over the world. Take over the world. Annoy the Avengers. But like, what does take over the world even mean? Well, exactly. It's such you a know? vague concept. And I think maybe Loki didn't understand what he was trying to do when he came to Earth to enslave everybody. Loki was having a tantrum. And what it got it? out of hand. Yeah. And he even admits to Thor. He's like, it's too late to stop the big space whale thing coming well, through just... the hole now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. what was, where was he planning to fit in in that? Once the space whale had well, killed everyone, I think was he leading the Tintori? I don't think he, he was expecting that. quite that level of shit to come through. No, exactly. I think it's from... I think it's that, you know, his father was... Um, respected for the rule the excellent rule he kept over his kingdom the fact that he kept his people safe the fact that he was benevolent and that he went out of his way to defend weaker races uh, those were the those were the things for which his those were the things his people valued and he wanted an opportunity to show that that's what he could do too. Do you think? But he, he just had... went around it in such a yeah. stupid way like I'm here to rule you it's going to be okay and everyone's like Mm, no <laughs> I am um... but do you think he would have tried say for example he had come to Earth taken over whatever that means do you think he would have tried to rule it well and defend it and look after would. his people I do think he would I can't like there's no point where you see that you I mean there's no point where you can see um him um that he's got like a like I mean okay he's evil for reasons but like there's that sinister thing that's kind of missing from him because of his innocence. Mm. You know, he's not going to, like, make the people dance like puppets for his amusement. Because that's not the example he was set. He just wants a chance to prove himself. And I suppose that leaves it quite interesting for the next film that he is potentially on side against something else. Yeah. And I guess that's what we're going to discover. But for now, we should say Goodbye. And and do listen to our next podcast episode three of the Shield the Maidens. Menace. The no. Shield Maidens. <laughs>